Welcome to the Divine Feminine Revolution Podcast, where women are magical and empowered. I'm your host, Dr. Megan Monday, psychologist turned transformational feminine business coach. This podcast is for you if you want to prioritize your own pleasure, face your fears, and manifest your desires. This podcast is sponsored by the Fearless Feminine Academy, where I teach women how to turn their trauma into their superpowers. My goal is to show women that we can heal our world by creating time and financial freedom by doing whatever the fuck we want. Are you ready for the divine feminine revolution? Let's get vulnerable and go deep. I'm so honored that you're here. All right. Hey, everybody. I am so excited for today's interview because I have one of my besties, Nicole, here. Hello. So I would love for you to just like brag intro yourself Mm. because you have such an amazing background and you do so many things. So just let us know what they are. Yeah. So let me, so my brag, um, I've actually had some like really large realizations recently. And so I'm gonna I'm gonna couple things into like three different categories. So the first brag is around my meditation and healing work. And so uh it was last week I had a couple instances that sort of triggered some emotional responses sort of in the past, right? And uh had me thinking about the past that my whole left hip was hurting so bad like I'm talking like I was starting to like gimp out like limp (laughs) flip around couldn't wasn't walking normally um so that whole area in my hip was just like so bad and I kind of sat with it for the day I knew it wasn't feeling great I had a couple things to do obviously uh, a little background on my daily life is I have a teen a tween and a toddler and so (laughs) Got it all ends. Hey, you know what I was going to say is the hip is like all about self nurturing. Exactly. It's so funny. So, in the evening time, when I finally got to kind of like lay down and everybody was quiet, and um, I have certain times of the days where I'm really connected to source. And so, I tend to really like get into deeper meditation during those hours. And yeah, I was just breathing and giving it so much love in a very, very gentle way. And then as it felt a little bit better, I could really feel this like dagger of <laughs> incident. That, and I felt the root of that incident and then all the incidents that, that sort of stemmed from it and how this dagger grew into this hip. And so I was able to um, focus in, pull it out, give it back to the mother conscious void, right? So she could transmute that shit. And I don't have to hold it anymore, but yeah, that shit was deep. <laughs> I know, I've pulled arrows, I've pulled daggers, I think like literally yeah. pulling the thing out. This is- was like this, like, it was like a sphere at the end, but you know how like it cones? <laughs> yeah, so it was just a really interesting, um, it was an interesting practice, and then just understanding like, and that that core incident, God, that shit happened like 13, 14 years ago. Okay, for reals. And and that actually precipitated another sort of healing modality because it was around my thought process and how um, I was in a toxic relationship for a number of years. I just got out of a 17-year marriage 
And I would say the last seven, seven, eight years were really, really horrifying <laughs> in a lot of different ways. And um, there's like, you know, unchecked depression, um, levels of narcissism, personality disorder in my ex. And then um, just some of the ways that he was then sort of scapegoating one of my children over the other. So there's a lot going on there. But so uh, it did lead into my realizations around just kind of like without the judgment of like, how did I get myself into this or victim blaming? It was more around like, what were the seeds of my own insecurities and anger around upbringing that allowed me to sort of just keep myself open for this. And I, I've definitely heard folks talk about that uh, NPD folks tend to pick empaths, right? <laughs> because we love everybody and we're always trying to see our fault versus the beauty in somebody else. And I get that, but I also am very acutely aware that <laughs> there are certain things that come up for you as you enter into Mother Earth that you're working through. So there's like generational stuff, there's this lifetime shit, there's <laughs> like things that we haven't worked on yet, right? And there's also just a level of naivete, right? And all of those things are okay, but it's important to understand them at this point. I'm 43, so like I'm not trying to rehash any of that crap. So that was another big win for me was just doing the mindset and emotional work around um, some of the incidents that were popping up for me and being really loving around. And then also I want to say, Support group folks, please, 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 please reach out to your folks. Like, do not feel that you are a burden. Every time I have felt that I am a burden and I talk to somebody, they are like, I cannot believe you didn't tell me that you were going through this. I want to be there for you. And I haven't allowed some folks to be there for me <laughs> because I'm just embarrassed or I just didn't want to talk about it. And, and, and these situations are very difficult to talk about because people have a very strange way of reacting to them, right? And so, and the other thing I want to talk about is just in my business, I had a huge celebration because I've been on, I'm sort of on this speaking engagement circuit and it's like very exciting. Um, I've been way more visible than I ever have been before. Um, and then doing the work around not just my business, but really getting deeper into my story so folks understand like, I have an amount of wisdom that comes out of this very, um, uh, I've lived like three or four lifetimes just in my adult life <laughs> in different arenas, different careers, um, and uh, different, I would say, sort of subcultures of the American life. And so, um, yeah, I'm getting to a point where I'm really sort of, you know, relinquishing some of that and, and uh, relinquishing a little bit of the fear around like, oh, can I, can I talk about this? Do people want to know about this? Like, should I release this? Because also, yes, I am a mom of three. So it's, I'm very aware of the impact it may have on my children and, you know, doing that dance. <laughs> figuring out what that dance is going to look like. It's quite a dance. That's amazing. Well, you know, Nicole and I were mastermind sisters and we got paired up to do listening time for the first time and they kind of like solidified our yeah. friendship. And I feel like you just hold such immaculate space and, um, you know, we both have kind of like therapy backgrounds and, oh, we know that there's so much in the realm of narcissistic abuse. And I think mm. it can be very like, 
blatant. And then sometimes it can be like very insidious. Um, and I yeah. think especially when you're dealing with men, there's so much like toxic gender roles and, you know, we do men are such a disservice by like telling them to suck it up and, you know, like the stigma around mental health and like all of those things that men are really suffering in ways that they don't need to be. And then <laughs> unfortunately they sometimes they inflict it upon us, uh, <laughs> as the women in their lives, right? Right. There's also, um, there's also this where we are shifting to, mm -hmm. right? So we are shifting back into where the divine feminine, because the divine feminine has been calling us for a long time. Mother Earth has been asking us to save her for a long time. Like, hey, <laughs> I brought you here. We have a contract, but y'all ain't stepping up. <laughs> you're not doing what you said you would do for the for the larger humanity scale and um and that's why she gave us these human avatars we're supposed to bring the knowledge of the dimensions that we are actually from spiritually right as these spiritual beings and use that information for good here for the for the human race right because we are only one race we are a human race <laughs> okay um, and all of our ethnicities and preferences and all that shit is secondary. And we have to really remember that. And part of this sort of like dynamic shift into understanding just how much abuse women have been tolerating and existing under for so long. I was just having this conversation with my mother recently because she came to visit. And um, we were talking around how how the effects of colonialism aren't and capitalism, right? Because those two things sort of work in tandem. Yes. That's a discussion for another day, but they absolutely work in tandem. Capitalism came directly out of colonialism, for those of you that do not know that. <laughs> okay. It is a system of oppression, but, mm -hmm. um, and there's economics attached to it. But we, as women, have been in these relationships for so long because of genocide and you know, and not to trigger anybody, but like there's been a lot, obviously a lot of sexual violence that came around that. The dynamics of family really shifted because before women sort of did child rendering and the spiritual work. They did not live with men. Like men and children and women did not live in the same place. <laughs> not that that dynamic can't work, but that wasn't actually the dynamic before. And so um, having this sort of control over like whose children are mine uh, it came out of that concept. And unfortunately, what that means is that we as women have been searching for the good amidst the violence for so many years. Like for about, let's see, we've been in this, this paradigm for around like two to 4,000 years, right, as human beings. And so uh, we were just talking about how much that even when it comes to like picking employers or anything like that, we're always looking for, well, there's this piece that's good and there's this piece that's good and I'm going to hold on to that and sort of excuse this other stuff. And so I think it's really important for us to, to consider that not only in our intimate partnerships with our romantic relationships, but also consider it in your parenting, right? And one of the things I've been thinking about a lot lately, it's force. We are so used to having a level of force in our dynamics because it's just part of our dynamic. Violence is part of our dynamic, unfortunately. I know people don't like to talk about it, but I'm going to just say it right now. <laughs> like, it is a part of it. And we have to take a look at how we deal with that, right? Um, I look at it all the time, especially with the toddler, because she's telling me no, and I'm like, yeah, but. <laughs> like, so, like a story like yesterday. I did her hair. Her hair was like, 
F you rubber band, right? Boing, rubber band out. So she literally had like, she had one up and the rest of her hair was out. <laughs> like we have a routine. She takes a bath, we do her hair and then we're done with hair for the rest of the day, right? She doesn't really like her hair done, but we have this agreement. So her hair is saying no to the rubber band. It was like, I want to put the rubber band back in because we're going to the store. And she's like, whatever, my time is done, right? She's like all over the place. And I realized, I was like, what social dynamic am I thinking that she's going to fit in just because her hair is either done or not done? Are people even going to notice? Why do I care? Right? And so I was just like, we just went to the store with her hair in one ponytail and the other side was out. It was just like, whatever, it was fine. (laughs) Nobody said anything and she was happy. I love that so much because like, you know, we as women then pay like thousands of dollars to like learn how to rewild. And all we have to do is like, look at our little like rogue kids. And, you know, it's so funny. Like, you know, you and I are like indigo kind of generations. And then like the younger kids, you know, they're crystals or rainbows or whatever you want to call them. Like you're setting the tone and they will dish it back to you like times two, three, five, ten, 10, depending on, you know, how strong-willed your kid is. Absolutely. And it's like old school. It's like, you know, it's sort of like when you eat something delicious and you know, it's going to make you feel like really sick afterwards, (laughs) but you're like, but it tastes so good. It's like, you know, you're like, oh, well this old school stuff, like it should work. It's how I've always been taught. Like it's the norm. It does does not work with these generations. It does not. And and again, I mean, I have a teen, a tween and a toddler. So it's like there's, there's these like little windows into these different generations that I get to peer through. And I'm so grateful for that because one of the things that um, in doing, so I've been in a couple of containers, right? We were in our awesome mastermind, which really just got the ball rolling for me in a lot of ways. I'm in another container right now and we're, we're sort of unpacking how um, colonialism has affected us in our mindset around just interpersonal relationships and how we think about the world and our, our relationship to it. One of the things that came up was around um, this mindset work we're doing around money. And I was like, oh, that's really interesting how these like veins of <laughs> so forth get into your money dynamics, right? But it's also really interesting to me because like in some of those questions, I realized that for me, I've always been talking to my kids around what they need to learn, like what they really need to learn. Like you've got to go to school because that's, I go to jail if you don't, right? <laughs> like, and I want to stay with you <laughs> and I don't want CPS in my life. I used to work for them and that is a whole other conversation. <laughs> but like, um, and folks that work for them, I mean, you, again, you've got, it's just like they say recovery is a um, sort of a process of thirds where you've got like, a third who will never recover, a third who are in and out, and a third who actually recover, right? It becomes folks that can say, like, I've got five years, 10 years, 15 years clean, right? Um, I would say that there are agencies out here that are pretty much like the same thing. Like, you've got a third who are totally jaded and really don't give a AF about you. <laughs> you've got a third who are, like, kind of trying but also tired. And then you've got a third who are just, like, heralding, like, you know, whatever the mission statement is. <laughs> Good luck to any of y'all who are involved in any of those agencies, but I have nothing but love for y'all, and I really, really am praying for you. <laughs> it could be tough, but um, yeah, it's just like 
I so have been talking to my kids around, like, you need to learn how to not be distracted in the age of distraction. They are purposely trying to distract you from, like, connecting with yourself. They're trying to get all these images um, to sort of um, veil over what the truth is behind that. Like, some of these images sort of hit a little bit of some of the universal truths, but they never go deep enough that you understand really what they are. And I find myself even now realizing it's because as we shift, those of us in this age group, I'm 43, so you'll, you'll be able to figure that out on y'all's own because I don't do math. But um, <laughs> we are here to set up that bridge so that our children can walk that bridge into the new human paradigm. It is our responsibility to help them get there. Like, and we have a lot of fucking work to do because we've done, we've been complicit for a long time and we have to, as a human collective, and this is, I say this as a human being who is here to help everybody else remember, we are human avatars having a divine experience first. I do not care what you look like. I do not care your ethnicity. I'm not, I don't care what country, continent you come from, because we were all connected back in the day also on that level. <laughs> so like these tectonic plates were once one also, as were we. And so we need to remember that and come together as the human collective again. So we can start planning for how are we going to open this bridge up so that our kids can walk through into the new human paradigm. That is what's most important, right? That is what's most important. So, <laughs> um, I love that so much. Like, and it, it it can be a really heavy responsibility, and you know, um, and yet, like, I think people are freaking out because things are collapsing. But the things that are collapsing are the mm. things that have never worked, that have oppressed people, That's that right. no longer serve. And so, right. yeah, like some shit's gonna have to burn, right? Like it's just part of the revolution, and it's messy. Right. Like it's not gonna be nice. It's not gonna be like I love the word complicit. Like, yeah, it's not. We've been complacent too long, you know. And complicit. exactly, and so complacent and almost apathetic, and and yeah. um. My, my mom is from the baby boomer era, and she always talks about how, you know, back in the day, um, everything was sort of on equal footing in terms of if you were going to change your chemistry, right, <laughs> you could change your chemistry either up or down based on your own preference. And what she's noticed is that in these times, everything that they allow you to have is a depressant, and you want to be very mindful of that. There is a, a larger reason for that, right, because if you have the energy to fight them, then they have to work harder to keep the veil of illusion going. And so you just want to be, I say that again, just to be really mindful. It's just one of those things that, you know, spirit wants me to say. That's keep it. an eye on your energy. Yeah, keep your eye on your energy. Um, you know, weed is legal and alcohol is legal for a reason. So just be really mindful about that. Everything has their place. I am not, you know, and I am an addict myself. I, I've been clean for probably 15 years off my DOC. I still drink a little wine here and there because that's the kind of like recovering person that I am. <laughs> I'm okay with, you know, having wine a couple times a month. But uh, I keep my vices low. <laughs> I practice a small amount of vices. I've got two vices and I try to keep them in check. And that's a... Uh, I smoke cigarettes from time to time and I, and I drink a little wine. So, um, and I just like to be transparent because, 
you know, everybody's on their own continuum. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I just, I, I like to mention that you want to keep an eye on your energy levels. You are going to need some frequency high energy to get through these next phases of life and also to stay vigilant in your integrity. Um, and so if you need to keep a little mantra next to you, stay vigilant in your integrity, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> because that's what this season is about, right? They're going to come test you. They want to tire you out. <laughs> they want to tire you out with all of this content. And we need to remember that our minds are here to actually produce thought content, not to just ingest and consume all fucking day, right? The chatter, right? Yeah, like, don't let your mind run like a toilet. Turn that shit off. <laughs> Okay, fix that shit. <laughs> I don't know what you need to do, <laughs> but there are plenty of opportunities for y'all here <laughs> to get whatever you need and to silence it because it is supposed to be thoughts and words can be spells. And I know folks don't like to think about it, but language really was, you know, provided as a means to um, push energy, not necessarily just absorb. And you got to be really careful about what you absorb because that shit can again land in your body land in your subconscious and just keep running <laughs> right behind the scenes um and push some scenarios that you may not want so you just want to be really really careful about that Ooh, i love these early morning transmissions oh, i know i find <laughs> i'm super intuitive because it's like the critical brain is not quite awake yet <laughs> i'm just gonna exactly. get, like, i love it I do want to talk a little bit too around the need to uh, really understand where our children are at in this moment in time. Um, many of us who are parents, we're sort of going through our own issues, right? With having to deal with the pandemic and then um, all of these emotions around it and staying home and what that means and what that means for the shift of the, of the um, human world on earth. And we're kind of leaving our kids out, like we're kind of forgetting about them, like, you know, just because our kids are quiet, because they're, quote unquote, entertaining themselves, <laughs> right, which I, I'd love to unpack that whole term on, in and of itself. But, you know, some of that entertainment is not entertainment, it is disassociation. Mm -hmm. It is using the virtual world to have some level of control because they feel so out of control in their actual world. So we need to take some time and really dive into what's going on for them. What I noticed personally is I actually put my kids on a Wi-Fi diet. This was hilarious, by the way. So I put my kids on a Wi-Fi diet because we had gone through such a level of trauma that I just really left them alone to do whatever they felt that they needed to do to nurture themselves because I didn't want to interrupt that cycle. Because sometimes, it is true with, with humans in general, your level of disassociation or your level of sort of escape is actually a way of processing, especially when you're going through something really, really traumatic. But then there's a point, right, where we need to pivot a little bit, right? We really need to kind of give ourselves the space to feel. And so I did that with my children by doing a Wi-Fi diet. I only did that, though, because I was also ready to hold space for their feelings around these traumatic incidences that we've all experienced. And so, and let me tell you, the reaction was bomb. Fantastic. <laughs> the beginning, I had people yelling and they were angry and they were throwing things and um, and not in a way that was like at anybody or dangerous. But it, I mean, as a parent, you have to decide what 
you know, but I could tell it was like, oh no, this is really this what's been bottled up for so many months. And I let them have it out and I explained to them, this is why you have a Wi-Fi boredom. Uh, I called it boredom training. This is why you have your Wi-Fi boredom training is because in this boredom training, you're also having to experience some of your feelings that you have not been experiencing. And we need to have those feelings. It's through those feelings and that pain that we get to have the other side, which is understanding who we really are and how we are going to move forward. And that was just a really, it was a little experimental, which is, again, like, you know, it's an experience here. So we should be able to experiment a little bit without feeling like, you know, weird about it, <laughs> you know, if it doesn't go well or not. So I think checking on your kids. Yeah. <laughs> So true, because it's so easy to park them in front of screens, and I think people are scared yeah. to do the Wi-Fi diet because they'll get the reaction, you know, but yeah. it's way easy to, like, yell and scream about Wi-Fi than to scream about the divorce, you know what I mean? And so it's, like, Absolutely. very true, whether it's romantic relationships or family relationships, like, often what we're fighting about is not actually what we're fighting about. We're just choosing safer things like the dishes yeah. or like whatever to fight about um, rather than like the big, deep, hard issues. Um, so I love what you had to say about dissociation. I mean, distraction is a great like crisis strategy in the short term, but like a lot right. of us are just living that way. Exactly. We really are. We really, really are. And then, I mean, I've always had concern around um, what is considered entertainment. Um, and like personally, I will tell you, I do not watch a lot of things. I especially don't watch uh, a lot of violence. I don't watch crime shows. I really don't watch violence against women. I haven't been watching violence against women since I was like 18, 17, when I first started working for a rape crisis center, right? And I'll, and I'll tell you why, just a little side note. I'll never forget this because I was, I was young. I was a teenager and I wanted to work the rape crisis line um, because I felt that, um, I just felt how important it was, right? And so this is back in the 80s, <laughs> right? Because <laughs> so, um, I went to college in like 95 or something. So yeah, we're talking 80s, early 90s. Um, and um, the popular movie that was like really uh, critical and... Um, um, was it The Accused? The word. Yes. Yeah. And so, and so I'm in great... I'm in the training and they just had the audio mm -hmm. and I was like, I had to leave the room. Oh, I was so overly impacted and I haven't, and I haven't consumed any of that. And I actually get very upset when people don't um, trigger warn. So if there's another thing that I could say is please tag your trigger porn. Like I know people don't think about it that way, but like we are so in an age where folks are, they're, you know, showing videos where people are getting murdered um, and you don't really realize how much of an impact that has when you're ingested. And I really, really offer that, you know, folks need to, they, they have this level of violence in media, visual media specifically for a reason, because we are very visual people. And as humans, um, we will absorb and feel what is going on visually for another human being. That is part of why we have empathy. And so, yeah, really, really be careful with what you're consuming, but also be very careful about what your kids are consuming. And if you can't necessarily change it right away, at least have some conversations around the why 
this is going on. I mean, it was not um, by default. It was very pragmatic of powers that be that took out things like civics and advertising classes from school. Because I remember when I went to school, I had all those things. I had civics, I had advertising, I had the the whys of why you see a commercial with this colors and stuff like that, right? They took all of that out of the school in what I think I want, I want to say uh, in the early 2000s. So you have an entire generation of youngsters now who we need to teach this stuff at home, right? Well, I've got so much to say about like everything you just said. Um, first of all, like, you know, I've worked rape crisis, victim advocate, I've worked suicide crisis lines. Like those, those places are there for a reason. And some of the best conversations I've ever had is like two in the morning with someone who had yeah. the courage to call those lines. So like those people are there to serve you. Not, not all are created equal, but like, please, if you're in trouble, like, please, please utilize those services because someone does care, hopefully. And, yeah. you know, come, you know, we can give you good ones. Um, also, um, I, I think that media literacy point is so huge. And they say that like the brain doesn't really understand the difference between what we like sort of see and hear and like actual reality as if it's happening to us. And so, yes, like there's research that says that like what we see on TV is like a million times more, well, maybe not a million, but that's just my version. But there is research to yeah. support that it's intentionally way more violent than the actual reality of the situation. And so if your brain really can't tell the difference, like how many murders have we witnessed? It's like, we can't tell, like our body reacts as if it's really happening. And so it's huge and such an amazing point. And I think that we're flooded, like you said, with these images and with violence and like just like overconsumption of all these things that like it ends up numbing us out and shutting down our intuitive systems totally. As, yeah, because our nervous system is just so, it's just so overly worked. Um, and then you, you, you factor in that our nutrition like the, literally the nutritional value of our soil has gone down, which means the nutritional value of our foods has gone down. Um, and that's even if you're trying to, you know, just like cook your own food every day, <laughs> not, not even, let's not even get into the fact that most of us eat uh, things that come off of some factory or, you know, processing plant <laughs> because we're eating things that are packaged as itself. So it really is, um, you know, as we sort of embark on what I would call the return, right, to how human beings were able to, to um, practice ascension in this lifetime, um, and as we start sort of hearken back to those eras, um, there's a lot for us to consider. And, and in that, though, is really the opportunity, y'all, like seriously, the opportunity is that you can find your level like there's so many avenues hello like and that whole little um uh, i'm just gonna pick on this and i hope folks don't get it hopefully it's not too controversial but i'm just gonna say that whole concept of uh the road to god is narrow completely that's just a belief structure it's a limiting belief structure and you can call bs belief structure <laughs> I'm not hearkening to that belief structure. You do not have to. There's actually very, very many roads. And you can pick your own road in this time um, and pick one where you can feel the high side that activates you, that energizes you, and that makes you want to get out there and, and um, hug your community. Um, and, yeah, hug your community. <laughs> Find it. Live it. 
you know, just like in media literacy where we would say like, well, who's benefiting from this? Like, where's the money going? Like follow the path of money. Exactly. You can do the follow the money. Yes. You can do the same thing with power and control, like, right? So there's yeah. some religions or like more spiritual traditions that just say like, take what you want, like leave the rest. And then there's ones that are like, you're going to hell if you don't do this thing. And so to me, yeah. like, I don't think, you know, I think control is part of that like oppressive structure that we were talking about. So I guess my question it for really you is. is like, you know, what is the divine feminine revolution in your eyes? And like, what, what do you see mm. as far as this ascension work? Like, what's your vision of that coming forward? I, I am enamored with how the divine feminine is like, listen, <laughs> he's like mama who's had it like <laughs> i'm about to start throwing Mama's like listen y'all okay y'all have taken this way too fucking far <laughs> i am done enough <laughs> like yeah enough i saw a tiktok recently that was like this mom had had it she was like something about you can shut the fuck up, shut the fuck all the way up, all the way up the mountain of this and all the way back down. I mean, she just, it was so funny. <laughs> like, I have to find it. It was so funny. She had just had it. And that's how I feel. It's like, but at the same time, the universal nature of her is to still want you to do what you're here to do. And so she's still trying to nurture us through this process. She's still trying to give us the love that we really need. And really, it's always been within us. Um, I think one of the things too that I was talking about recently is that we have given our power away so much. Mm. Not just as women, but I just think as human beings, mm -hmm. we're constantly looking outside of ourselves yeah. for something, right? for someone to tell us it's okay, for acceptance, for acknowledgement, for um, some of the pillars of love, right? Like, honestly, which is um, attention, acceptance. Um, uh, of course, I'm going to blank on the last two because that's just how I get down this early in the morning, but <laughs> I'll post that too somewhere. Um, <laughs> but we are constantly looking outside of ourselves and we need to start looking within. It is true that as humans, we do need each other. And so, part of that need has been co-opted, manipulated, and used against us. And it's actually very NPD, right? Like it's extremely NPD. Um, when you think about it is that this, and, and, and I say this too, because uh, I know when I got my master's in psych, I don't remember there being a conversation about NPD. So the DS, on the DSM level, it's sort of like a newer, right? And yet when you really look into it, it's not so much of and this is just, a, this is an opinion. It's not so much of a personality disorder as it's really just the personality profile for abusive individuals. It's the profile okay. of abusers. And you can use that profile now that they've got the symptoms written out and they've got some tactics written out. You could actually use that all the way backwards. Like you can use that in a lot of different ways. Religions usually utilize some of these tactics, but what they're really doing is they get into the intimacy of the human brain, you, right? A lot of times they're really great listening in the beginning because they're getting all your little secrets so they can use them against you later. Well, our government has kind of done the same thing. Um, they have a lot of information around how the human brain works. And what they're doing is they're using that information against us because now we have an entire generation of folks who, who aren't as knowledgeable about the veil, 
by the veil of power and control that these people wield. And they do that on purpose because if you're misinformed or uninformed, you cannot go against them. And I saw a little uh, uh, meme recently that said, you know, school is not going to teach you how to overthrow the government, right? Like basically, powers that be aren't going to teach you how to overthrow them. So you have to seek out that knowledge. And as parents, it is our responsibility to teach our kids the things that they don't learn in school. Um, back in the day, you got to have some of that. Now you don't, right? So I, I, the call to action really, again, for those of us that did have civics, that did have media literacy, that remember those crazy, kooky fucking teachers who always went off script because they always had something new to say or something more accurate to say, <laughs> right? You remember them teachers. I know you do. <laughs> Awesome. <laughs> they were always inspiring. They were a little cray cray, but you love them. And their classes were the funnest. We need to get back into that and start teaching our communities and teaching our own kids and our kids' friends and, and help them realize this information so that they can take that forward. Because these kids are awesome. Okay. Like they literally punked Trump and his rally through a fucking TikTok, which is 60 seconds at top. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> they are ready. <laughs> yeah. You know, and we I just need to give them the tools. What comes up for me is like we've gaslit, you know, through capitalism, through like American culture to say like we need more, 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 buy stuff, yeah. like and then let's yeah. like aggravate um human suffering so that we can sell you medication or we can sell you, you know, anything, exactly. everything, right? And so like yeah. I think our kids have grown up with that and they don't have like the before and after of technology. And so like they're in it and they are like literally like little like like megaphone microphones like they just take everything on so intensely and so I see like a lot of young people with mental health issues because it's like they are feelers and there's so much like toxic shit floating in our air you know like yeah. literally and metaphorically like in the cultural <laughs> toxic air and so absolutely I think speaking out is like the best and most revolutionary thing you can do. So I could not agree with you more. Um, so Nicole, like, uh, gosh, tell us about all, like, how do we work with you? How do we find you? Like, tell us all the things because I really do. Yay! Yes. Um, I, yes. So I'm on FB, obviously I will drop uh, in the comments. I'll drop like my website. You can always book put a call with me on my website. Yeah. Um, and I also have, Say what it is. I have it on the link, but say what it is. Oh, perfect. It's nursedynamics.rocks. And, um, and I speak about nurse dynamics because that is what I'm interested in. I am really interested in nurturing and nourishing our human connection. And um, that can be in a myriad of ways. I'm also an artist, so I can provide healing artwork for you that you can hang up in whatever area that you're trying to transform, transmute. Um, I do affirmation work. I have a program coming up called Mind Divine Crowns where we are going to go in depth artistically uh, into our archetypes, talk about archetype work, identity, definition, balancing. Um, because one of the other uh, movements that I'm called to do is around balancing our divine feminine and our divine masculine. Yes, and in, as such, we have 13 crowns around our um, chakra, that chakra. And that means that we have various archetypes that we get to tap into. Nine of them are female, four of them are male. And, um, and we need to re-understand and relearn what 
uh, the feminine and the masculine actually look like. Um, source does not necessarily have a gender, but our roles in this human life are genderized in some degree, and we need to redefine what those are and rediscover what those are, and we can do that through some of the archetypes that already exist. And so I'm going to go a little bit deeper into that. And that program actually, uh, every month we have um, an expert coming in, teaching us a little, how to go a little bit deeper. We've got folks that work with sex magic. We've got folks that work with um, womb healing. We've got, <laughs> yeah, so it's going to be really a fun journey. And at the end of every month, we actually have a art workshop. So we're going to be drawing out the archetype that comes to our mind. And we're going to start in September with Lilith, honey. So <laughs> we're just going <laughs> to kind of bring it out the park with Lilith because Lilith is one of those folks too that uh, a lot of folks don't know about. Mm -hmm. Right. They don't realize her place in that sort of goddess energy. Um, and so I really wanted to talk about her. Um, we're going to go through. Let's see. I think I've written down. Uh, I've got Lilith on deck. I've got Yamaya on deck. We've got um, uh, Oya. So we're going to and we're going to use the mythology from all of the different sort of civilizations and how they tie in. Because one of the things that my mystic and I talk about all the time is that um, energy re sort of comes to us at various points in our human timeline through different faces, but it's actually the same energy. And so um, our prophets and our goddesses and our um, mystics and, and folks a lot of the times are really the same energy that have come to us at different timelines in our human history. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that and kind of work that backwards a little bit, do a little history in there. So it's going to be fun. Um, I'm really excited about it. You know, it's one of those things that was like just downloaded to me and I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. I know I don't know how to have all the details, but we're going to get through it. <laughs> it's going to be super fun. So, um, so amazing. I just wanted to say like, I've also been taught in like my mystical training that like we're also our own ancestors. So I think yeah. that's kind of a cool like frame too that, yeah, like the, yeah. the healers and teachers are like reincarnated. And like, if you're called to be one of these like fearless feminine leaders, like guess right. what? You've been doing it for lifetimes, you know? And, exactly. For lifetimes, honey. It's so true. And it's interesting too. I was just talking with my mom about that around, because I've always had this concept that, you know, it's true. I mean, our womb is a portal. And um, when you're called, you know, when you contract with Mother Earth, Mother Earth is like, I'm going to give you this human avatar in exchange for the information you're bringing from your dimension to my, you know, to the human community on this planet, on this dimension. And um, when you're called here, you choose your parents, not because you're choosing your parents and what they ended up doing to you. That's where people kind of get a little, you know, they're still emotionally attached to whatever happened to them in, in childhood, which I understand work it through um, <laughs> you chose them because of the ancestral line mm -hmm. not necessarily because of who and where their personality was going to go but you did choose them around beautiful. yeah about the ancestral line for both of your parents for the, for the father and the mother and so um and I know now these days everyone has sort of a different relationship to um that sort of dynamic and that's okay I'm not trying to you know not highlight that <laughs> right um, but you do choose your parents for those ancestral lives. And so that is something to consider and to think about and maybe even to uh, meditate on a little bit. Like, where are the ancestors that want me here? What do they have for me? What am I needing to learn? What generational pieces am I undoing so that my children don't have to process that? Um, or it could even be a niece. Like, the work that you do directly impacts the 
children in your family. Um, and so it is nice, it would be nice that they have less work to do because whatever we don't do, they have to do. They carry that burden. And so um, it's something to think about. Um, so, and just yeah, and I, um, that the, yeah. you know, in the indigenous healings that I've had, like ancestry is so important. And I think that's another sort of like byproduct of like colonialism and like the American culture is that like most of us don't know beyond our grandparents unless you've like you done ancestry and the research. And that's part of how we lose like who we really are. It's also part of how they are able to keep control because they, they really preach this whole like, you know, rugged individualism bullshit. And it's, it's just what it is. It's bullshit. That's why we have highest cases of, you know, serial killings and people just kind of like wilding the fuck out because we don't have rites of passage. We don't have this connection to our deeper humanity. And then they replaced our connection to deeper humanity and our sort of our, you know, ancestral line and, and the rituals and stuff with TV and drugs. Right. Like I know as a teenager, my rite of passage out here in California was basically weed and hallucinogens. Like, I'm not going to lie. Like, I, you know, whatever. That's just what the fuck it was. Okay. <laughs> and whether you decided to move on or not was also uh, in a lot of ways a determinant of which subculture or mainstream culture you ended up being in later. And so, um, and that is the rite of passage in these states for teenagers. It is dope. So, sorry if that triggered y'all, but it's the truth. So again, check on your kids because we've got jewels out here. We've got all these different mechanisms out here now that they can smoke and not even really flag you, okay? Because they don't have to do it in communion anymore. Like before, <laughs> you kind of at least you were still kind of in communion with you other people and other kids. Right? Like you could smoke, right? Like the smoke on them, right? Now it's like exactly, or like you know going to the beach and doing hikes and I mean that's how I used to get down because I used to go to Santa Cruz all the time but uh you know meeting new people and uh people who were like nomadic right um and you could kind of gain knowledge from these nomadic people well now you're sitting your kids are if they're in already into that they're sitting at home smoking a jewel just on social media not really the same paradigm okay because the, the amount of knowledge is not connecting you yeah. Um, so yeah, I just, again, check on your kids <laughs> because we need to start developing some new ritual practices, um, which brings me to another service offer. That's another thing that I do. And that's another thing we'll be going through in, in nine, um, nine divine crowns is around ritual, um, setting up practices, understanding practices that really hit you, um, and how to coordinate them with the moon phases, which is a really important aspect of our, uh, ritual practices sun and moon baby sun and moon you know our four That's sacred awesome. directions actually yeah our four sacred directions when you talk about like indigenous um belief systems the four sacred directions are east and west and north and south mm -hmm. well what runs east and west mm -hmm. the sun what runs north and south the moon oh, so uh, yeah yeah <laughs> again like Everything is interconnected, and, and, and some practices say, uh, I know I, I follow this when I set up, I usually say uh, to the four sacred directions, and east and west with father, son, and to the north and south with sister moon, because that's sort of our relationship to each other, um, and that sun does give us a lot of information, so spend some time in the sunshine, y'all, don't be, don't be scared, you can just do 10 minutes, but there is a download of DNA that comes directly from our sun, because it, is, it does give us life. Um, 
And, you know, so many things, like, I've had healers say that it's actually, like, good to look at the sun, even though we're told, like, don't look directly at the sun. And, you know, I've had healers tell me, like, pretty much everything they tell you is wrong is right, and everything they tell you is right is wrong. So, you know, use your own mind there, but. Yeah. Well, and I think part of, I mean, I remember when I was unlearning in my college years, I'm really sitting unlearning. One of the reasons, you know, one of the things that happens is like, you're just sort of like, oh my fucking God, like everything was a lie. And it's like, yeah, you know, school is more of an indoctrination system than it is an education system. And education and school, I've always told my kids this, education and schooling is very, very different. Yes. And so you have to go to school because it's more of like a law, but you need to learn how to educate yourself and also think critically, which is something they really sort of have been downplaying for the last, you know, 10, 15 years. Well, Nicole, you're so amazing. I had so many aha moments. I hope everybody else did as well. You are amazing. And I'd love to do a part two with you because it's just- Yes, let's do a part two. I love it. Okay. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Divine Feminine Revolution podcast. Make sure to subscribe and leave a five-star review. Want to keep the conversation flowing? Find us on Facebook at the Divine Feminine Revolution Facebook group, where revolutionary women gather to listen to their hearts, monetize their gifts, and change the world.